0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I'm an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. Today we're going to be discussing chapter 32 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen with my very special guest, my sister Paula. Hi. And I bet you're going to say that this was a really funny chapter. No. (laughs) (laughs) So in chapter 32, Mr. Darcy visits Lizzie alone at Huntsford and Charlotte starts to think he's in love. Yeah, which is quite sweet. And
1: she's the only one that would think that because everybody else thinks that uh, he's harsh and
0: unfeeling. There is funny things. One of the things that you pointed out when you were reading it, there's the ring at the door, which is a certain signal of a visitor.
1: <laughs> yeah, and she puts a letter away in case... It is Lady Catherine. It says she might escape all impertinent questions Because, of course, Lady Catherine would be very happy to ask what she was writing and be telling her what to write and who to write to and how to do it. But she just knows what's right. Absolutely. Because she has money. And suddenly, if you have money, you know everything.
0: We need to get some money so we know everything. Ah, that's the problem another thing that we were discussing about this chapter as you were reading it is um lizzie is really honest and possibly too candid about her feelings about charlotte and mr Collins' marriage to when she's having this conversation with mr darcy um she said his friends may well rejoice in his having met one of the very few sensible women who would have met him uh, who would have accepted him or have made him happy if he had My friend has an excellent understanding, though I am not certain that I consider her marrying Mr. Collins as the wisest thing she ever did. She seems perfectly happy, however, in a prudential light. It is certainly a very good match for her. What a thing to say to someone that you don't know very well. Yes. About your best friend. Yes, absolutely. And she's putting down
1: Mr. Collins as well. In his house. Yes. It may not be there, but it's still his house. But then I guess who is... So mr darcy gonna go
0: and report this too but you can see why he he misunderstands the relationship when she's being so open and honest with him about things he probably thinks yeah she's into him there's another bit where she blushes and i think he misunderstands her reason then because she's thinking about jane and netherfield when he asks you you can't have always been at Longbourn," um but she's thinking of jane and he's thinking of her Yes, thinking that if she
1: uh, agreed to marry him, then she'd be way away from her
0: parents when, if she ended up at Pemberley. Absolutely. You And then it moves into Charlotte thinking that Mr Darcy is in love with Elizabeth. She says, my dear Eliza, he must be in love with you. And then later you get some of her thoughts. He certainly looked at her friend a great deal with an earnest, steadfast gaze, though sometimes it seemed nothing but absence of mind you imagine him staring into space well he's trying to figure it out isn't he the poor guy
1: i, I think you know he's never met anyone like elizabeth and she's for want of a better word bewitched him.
0: bewitched him
1: yeah and he's just trying
0: to figure it all out um we have a bit more about colonel fitzwilliam in here and i think elizabeth likes being with him because it's nice to be admired It says Elizabeth was reminded by her own satisfaction of being with him as well as his evident admiration of her, of her former favourite George Wickham. And then when she compares the two, she says there's a less captivating softness in Colonel Fitzwilliam's manners, but he might have the best informed mind. And, of course, Mrs Collins
1: then wonders who would be best for Elizabeth to marry, Fitzwilliam or Darcy. And I didn't understand the last part of the last sentence of the chapter which is quite a long sentence because it says to counterbalance these advantages Mr Darcy had considerable patronage in the church and his cousin could have none at all and I was sort of thinking about it from Elizabeth's perspective Then Francis explained to me that it's Charlotte thinking for herself and thinking if Elizabeth married Mr Darcy it would be better for Charlotte because he had uh, ways and means of helping Mr. Collins, whereas Fitzwilliam wouldn't.
0: Yeah.
1: And and that links back to her character, doesn't it? Because she marries Mr. Collins and it's a very much a business-like arrangement for her. And so that's what she's putting on to Elizabeth's marriage. Not for Elizabeth, but for herself. But
0: she's still thinking of it as a business-like relationship. She's thinking very practically and they refer to her kind schemes for Elizabeth. <laughs> But Colonel Fitzwilliam being there is really helpful to understand a bit more of Mr. Darcy's character because he laughs at Mr. Darcy and so that's at his stupidity which proved that he was generally different which Elizabeth's knowledge of him could not have told her oh sorry which Charlotte's knowledge would not have told her and she would have liked to have believed this changed the effect of love and the object of that love her friend Eliza.
1: Yeah and that stumble you just made there that's why this last part's hard because it is from Charlotte's perspective. Not Elizabeth's. Yeah and we're not used to that. Most of the book is from Elizabeth's perspective but suddenly we're hearing from Charlotte.
0: Yeah and I wonder why Austin did that. Because I think she wants to make it clear that Darcy is falling for Elizabeth if he hasn't already but Elizabeth can't see that Charlotte can see it but Elizabeth can't Elizabeth would just go no you don't know what you're talking about yeah that's so true Elizabeth at this point thinks that he doesn't like her and
1: also she's still uh under the spell of Wickham as such because she still believes what Wickham has said about Darcy Therefore, she wouldn't even contemplate having any sort of relationship with Darcy. Mm. Yeah, you're quite right.
0: Yeah. So it does make more sense to have it from Mrs. Collins or Charlotte's perspective. And it's done so subtly that it's not jarring. It feels perfectly natural. Whereas these days when you're writing a novel, you really have to have it from one character's perspective only and stick to that. Otherwise, you're jumping heads, as it's called. Going back to the very first paragraph. I do like,
1: um, to her very great surprise, Mr Darcy, and Mr Darcy only entered the room. I like that phrase, and Mr Darcy only, because it really lets you know how shocked Elizabeth is. Because even though it says to her very great surprise, um, by adding that phrase, and Mr Darcy only, it really hammers home how surprising it is um, for
0: for Elizabeth that he's there so it sounds like it's always a surprise when he turns up but it's an even bigger surprise because this time it's just him yes
1: yes absolutely and it sounds like this is the first time that he's come on his own and of course when we hear from Charlotte later on he he continues to do that I guess as he's trying to work out his feelings and then you know, he does work out his feelings, sort of. He's, You know, he realises that he does love her. <laughs> um, what is it he ardently admires? Ardently admire and love. Or is that a quote from the book or from the movie? Mm, good point. Um, and so later on, he does realise that he does love her. but So he's figured that much out, but he hasn't quite figured out how to express that to her without insulting her. <laughs> And he hasn't figured out that just because he loves her doesn't mean that she's automatically going to be excited and and want to marry him. He hasn't kind of thought everything through. This is so new for him. He's really naive in affairs of the heart or being in touch with his emotions or understanding her emotions. And there weren't self-help books around for him in those days and he couldn't just pop onto YouTube to look up How to propose without being an ass? Yeah, yeah. Or just even um, how you deal with feelings, because that wasn't something that they talked about in those days at all. And, you know, in 2020, uh, men still aren't great at talking about their emotions, but by golly, they're a long way ahead of... Mr Darcy. Yeah, and and where men were at
0: in those days. You sort of feel sorry for him, really. Well, you have to. He's in a bit of a bind. He he believes he's in love with this woman but he can't see any way that how it would actually work to be with her (laughs) (laughs) because if you love someone you're supposed to marry them yes which
1: is different i guess from a hundred years previous to that you know he would have gone with his duty of marrying who andberg yeah i guess Anderberg, as his family wished well it's only Lady Catherine who tells
0: us that. We don't know whether Lady Anne Darcy had actually said yes, she wanted them to marry. It's possible that she did. But it is only from Lady Catherine's perspective
1: now that we're here. Yeah. So, yeah. But a 100 years previously, he would have, I guess, honoured whatever his family wanted and married um, within his social... Grouping, Oops. yeah, class, that's the word I'm looking for, within a social class, and also um, within the family too, really, mm. which nowadays sounds... Incestuous. Awful. <laughs> it's a really short um, chapter. Many of them are, though, aren't they?
0: Yeah, you find a lot of them are quite short chapters, um, and it, they seem to have a couple of things sort of thrown in together, rather than just be focusing on one particular thing.
1: yeah. But it is, it is quite an important chapter. Um, I think I've commented on the last few that they've been funny, um, but they haven't always been important as such, whereas this is really important, showing us Darcy working through his feelings. And Elizabeth... Completely oblivious of said feelings. Yeah, and that kind of goes with that, the title about the two people and how different they are, that pride and prejudice. Um, and it's not necessarily... Well, I guess it is a little bit about his pride and a little bit about her prejudice. So yeah, it's quite a pivotal chapter in that way, even though he doesn't propose in this chapter or doesn't declare his love or anything, but you can see him working it through and her being completely oblivious. So it does make it important.
0: And that is our summary of chapter 32 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. My name is Francis Duncan. You can find me at FrancisDuncanWrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and I wish you happy reading.